Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But I didn't retire. My friend, I'll call her Sandy, worked at a travel agency in British Columbia, Canada. It was a small owner-operated business with the owner and three employees, including my friend. Everyone worked Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. One of my friend's co-workers, I'll call her Jane, an older woman in her early to mid-60s, was a long-time nuisance employee. Among other sketchy behavior, Jane was always scamming ways to take time off over and above her official paid vacation time. In order to make up for the lost hours, she would claim overtime hours and pay by supposedly going into the office in her off hours to finish up work without being requested to do so by the owner. Despite being caught in her own lies on a number of occasions and being warned about trying to claim for unsanctioned overtime, the owner of the travel agency was reluctant to officially reprimand Jane or get rid of her. The reason being is the owner discovered after she'd hired Jane that Jane had actually been fired from her previous job at another local travel agency for pulling the same stunts. However, Jane had sued her former employer for unfair dismissal and had won a settlement. After a few years of my friend Sandy working at the travel agency, the owner was ready to retire and offered to sell the business to my friend. Sandy took her up on the deal and took over the business while keeping on Jane and the other employee. Once again, just as the previous owner was afraid to get rid of Jane, so was Sandy for fear of being sued. When Sandy took over the business, she instituted guidelines regarding taking time off and she established an official no overtime policy. Jane would still try with her shenanigans, but was far less successful in getting what she wanted with my friend in charge. However, Jane still had one trick up her sleeve when she wanted to take time off on a whim. Sandy was a divorced single mum of two boys who were heavily involved in youth hockey. She would sometimes leave the office an hour or two before closing to get her boys to hockey practice or a game. In order to avoid requesting in person and potentially being denied, Jane would wait for Sandy to be out of the office to book a day off if she didn't feel like coming into work or had made plans. Sandy would then arrive at work the next morning only to discover that Jane wasn't coming in. Despite this happening a number of times, Sandy would usually let it slide since there was now a definite no overtime policy. Therefore, Jane could no longer claim to come into work on the weekend or after hours in order to try and make up for the day off. She'd either miss out on a day's pay, in turn saving Sandy money as the owner, or it would come out of her remaining paid vacation days. Moreover, two people in the office at one time could usually handle everything. Jane not coming in was really a no-loss situation for Sandy. There was one time, however, when Sandy was going to be away for one or two workdays just before the weekend to take her boys to a hockey tournament. She told both Jane and the other employee, both verbally and in writing, that they could not book time off for the dates in question since she would be away and needed both of them in the office. Within a few days of giving this notice, Sandy went into the office on a Saturday to do some paperwork and go through the sales for the week. This is when she discovered that only the day before, Jane had booked a trip for her daughter and son-in-law to Las Vegas, as well as a plane ticket in her name to Calgary, where her daughter lived. Both the trip to Vegas and the ticket to Calgary coincided with the date Sandy would be out of the office. Sandy then checked the vacation booking schedule to further discover that Jane had indeed booked the days off that she'd expressly been told she couldn't have. Not mentioning she'd discovered the travel Jane had booked for herself and her daughter, Sandy emailed Jane, telling her she would have to deny her the days off 
since she'd already been told they were unavailable because she, Sandy, would be away and needed Jane in the office. Through a continued series of email exchanges, Jane replied and outright lied to Sandy with some excuse about her daughter getting some long-awaited medical treatment or surgery and she needed to go to Calgary to help out for a few days and look after her granddaughter. Sandy replied to this lie by telling Jane she knew about the trip she'd booked to Vegas for her daughter and son-in-law, that Jane's trip to Calgary was most likely to babysit her granddaughter while her daughter was in Vegas and that she would still have to deny Jane the days off, especially since she booked them after being told they were unavailable. Jane countered in her subsequent reply, without even addressing the fact that she'd been caught in a lie, that she had been a dedicated employee of the travel agency for several years and couldn't understand why she was being treated so unfairly after all she'd done for the business. She then wrote that since she wasn't being treated as a valued employee, she had no choice but to retire and was giving her two weeks notice. Despite Jane's threats, Sandy replied that she would still be unable to grant her the days off and left it at that without making any mention of Jane's threat to quit or retire. Sandy then contacted her accountant, who also acted as her de facto business advisor and explained what had happened with Jane. Also aware of Jane's previous shenanigans, Sandy's accountant told her that this was the out she'd been looking for with Jane and she had it all in writing. He told her that Jane had essentially resigned and retired and all Sandy needed to do was honor Jane's desire to do so, let her finish out her two weeks or pay her two weeks wages in lieu with no further severance pay legally required since she hadn't been fired. The following Monday, Sandy went into the office early, accompanied by her long-term boyfriend to act as a witness. She put Jane's belongings from her desk into a box and took the things that were property of the business. Since Jane was old school and had resisted inputting client information in the computer database, this also included a small box filled with index cards, which had client phone numbers, addresses, credit card information, and other personal information noted on them. In the meantime, the other employee had arrived for work and they all waited for Jane to show up. Jane arrived just before nine, acting as though nothing had happened and greeted everyone with a good morning as she walked through the door. However, she was apparently taken slightly aback when she noticed Sandy's boyfriend seated in the far corner of the office. At this point, Jane was midway to her desk when Sandy informed her that there was no need to go any further and that she had accepted Jane's notification of retirement. She then handed Jane a check compensating her for the hours she'd worked in the current pay period as well as two weeks wages in lieu of Jane finishing out her final two weeks before her retirement. Jane was dumbfounded and went into panic mode. But I didn't retire. I'm not ready to retire. Sandy responded that indeed she had retired, given her notice and had proof of it in writing. All Jane could do was continue repeating, but I didn't retire. I'm not ready to retire. While unsuccessfully attempting to get the support of the other employee who refused to come to her defense. Sandy then pointed to the box containing Jane's belongings, wished her a happy retirement and told her to leave the office. Jane quickly rifled through the box and noticed that the small box containing the index cards with client information was not there. She insisted that Sandy return it to her, to which Sandy refused, explaining it was property of the business, contained personal client information, and that she would be in violation of Canadian privacy laws if she were to let Jane take it. Jane's shock had now turned to obstinance, and she refused to leave without the box. Both the other employee and Sandy's boyfriend had started to get involved, repeatedly telling Jane to just leave. Sandy then informed Jane that if she didn't leave, they would have to call the RCMP, Canadian Police. At which point, Sandy's boyfriend dialed 911 to inform the dispatcher of a disgruntled former employee at XYZ Travel Agency 
who was refusing to leave the premises. Within a few minutes, two police officers arrived and Jane immediately ran to the door, ranting about being fired and about the missing box of client info. In order to de-escalate the situation, one police officer told Jane to come outside and explain to him her side of the story. The other officer remained in the office to hear Sandy's side, agreeing that Jane was not legally entitled to the box of client info. The other officer then re-entered the business and told Jane to wait outside. He said that Jane was insisting that Sandy was holding on to her personal belongings, namely a box of important information. Both Sandy and the officer who had spoken to her explained the context of the box to the other officer, who in turn agreed it was not Jane's property. The police officers then picked up the larger box of Jane's personal belongings, took it outside to Jane, and told her she needed to go home. To rub salt in Jane's wounds, the next day, Sandy put up a large sign in the window of the business congratulating Jane on her retirement, and even put a small announcement in the local news newspaper doing the same thing the icing on the piece of revenge cake was sandy when filling out the necessary government forms so when an employee quits gets fired or retires made sure to check the box labeled retired for the reason for jane no longer being employed by doing so jane was ineligible to collect unemployment insurance benefits and there we go a lovely little story of revenge to start today's episode i've got to say it must be pretty terrifying when you have a horrible employee like this person like jane and you know their track record you know that if you fire them or let them go they're going to do everything in their power to sue you and you know they've got a good track history they've won before they might financially ruin you How terrifying would that be as their boss? So the fact that you have her explicitly saying that I'm going to retire is just so good. I love that you lawyered up to make sure that everything was legal. I love that you got your boyfriend in there for a little bit of muscle. And I love that he called the police as well. Because why not? Get this swine gone. You did. And now she's in the mud. Good stuff. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want some free gas? I got you, bro. So, several years ago, my friend and I, we'll call him Boris, would always help each other do the spring cleanup for our properties. This included taking out damaged trees, preparing garden plots, and taking care of our weed-infested yards. I was going to be first on the cleanup detail, so I prepared tools and implements the Friday before the big cleanup was to happen. Sharpening tools and chainsaw chains, lawnmower blade, and just getting everything in order. Among those tasks was mixing two cycle oil, finished up kind of late and generally put things away for the next day the next morning boris shows up with coffee and biscuits at around 8 a.m as we were sitting on his tailgate enjoying breakfast my neighbors ride by in their beat to heck chevy cavalier smoking like a freight train we'll call them rocky and bullwinkle boris and i made the usual jokes about the amount of smoke pouring from the exhaust dang bet they go to the gas station and fill up with oil and check the gas we soon finished breakfast and thought no more about it as we begin to get the tools laid out and hash out a plan of attack i cannot find my gas cans no mixed gas regular gas or a gas can in general that's when it dawned on us why the car rocky and bullwinkle were driving was smoking so bad i'm fuming to say the least well all boris and i could do was go shopping for gas cans gas and more to cycle oil After we returned, we saw Rocky and Bullwinkle pass by several times. 
but all in all, we got a lot done. The next weekend, we dedicated to clean up at Boris's. A weekend or two go by, and we have a family dinner at my wife's, Rocky, and Bullwinkle's grandparents. Oh, okay, I guess your wife is cousins with Rocky and Bullwinkle. Towards the latter part of the evening, we were having a few drinks. Most people had left, and myself and my wife's grandfather were shooting the breeze when I had to take a leak. As I was doing so, I saw a gas can with very distinct paint on it. I inquired from the old man about how it came into his possession and he stated that rocky and bullwinkle left it there I simply explained it was mine as was another and loaded them into my truck It ate at me every time that pos car with my post neighbors went by So I hatched a plan from a rotten egg I went and bought a few gallons of gas a few gallons of diesel fuel and some other various oils I made a concoction of these different chemicals and filled my new six gallon gas can I had to purchase With some clean gas, I filled the lawnmower and cut some grass that evening, making sure Rocky and Bullwinkle saw me. Then I put everything away, but forgot and left that rotten egg gas can out. I got up and went to work the next morning and didn't even think to check on the can. But when I got home, I checked and it was gone. My wife informed me that my plan must have worked as she watched Rocky and Bullwinkle go in and out with the car not only smoking, but spitting and sputtering as well. The last time they rode out, they didn't ride back in. Hmm... They gave me about an hour of peace before they came over and wanted to know if I could look at the car and see what was wrong. If it could not be fixed on the side of the road, maybe tow it home. My response? I've had a long day and I've got a migraine. Maybe tomorrow. I saw the panic set in when I told them that. That's when they told me they had no insurance and it was on a main road. Tough luck. So the highway patrol did run across it and had it towed. It was going to cost them around $500 to get it out of impound. Plus they had to have current registration and insurance. The car just wasn't worth that. Well, they're those type of people that good luck just falls on them. And the pastor for a local church gave them an old Taurus. It took me a few cans of rotten egg gas, but I got the motor to lock up after about a month. This time it quit in their grandparents' yard. So they scrapped that and as luck would have it, they got their income tax returns. They bought a nice looking Ford F-150, but it began having problems too. Smoked really bad. They did take it to a mechanic that eventually found the problem. He got the truck running right again for about $1,500 and I've never had any more gas come up missing. Thanks for reading. So you're telling me you total two motors and cost these guys over $2,000. Just for something that they did. That is some pro revenge right there. And that is what I love to see. You know what's mental is it took them a long time to realize what was going on there. It took them two cars, plus kind of their first one, I guess, as well, to understand that they were just being absolutely done by you. You knew what they were doing the whole time. And to be fair, good karma for stealing. You shouldn't be allowed to get away with this, and they didn't. I really wish that I could have been a fly on the wall in that mechanic garage when the mechanic told them what was going on and what gas they were really using. Can you imagine their reaction in the full knowledge of knowing that you were the one that they taking the gas from and being like hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.